Welcome to the For Your Soul Podcast, a podcast for your soul. Welcome to the For Your Soul Podcast, a podcast for your soul that is devoted to sound doctrine and biblical truth. I am your host, Milton Quintanay, and thank you for joining me on today's episode. I really appreciate it. And today, we're going to be continuing our series on biblical meditation. If you have not done so already, I encourage you to go back to the previous episode where I gave a introduction to biblical meditation, what it is, and what's the goal of biblical meditation, which is obedience to God's word. Now, in today's episode, I am going to be giving you 17 tips that will help you meditate biblically, okay? And these tips, I actually found them in a book. Uh, It's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald S. Whitney. And uh, it's a pretty good book. What I like about it is very practical because it gives you all these tips on, on how to grow as a believer in different spiritual disciplines, such as praying, fasting, evangelizing. Uh, and so forth. And in this case, I'm going to be talking about his tips on biblical meditation, okay? And I know since it's 17 tips, I know not everybody's going to be implementing all of them at once, but choose whatever you feel like fits best. Overall, the goal is to not really use all of them, but to get to get started with your growth in biblical meditation, okay, because it definitely needed, like I said in the, in the previous episode, like we have so many distractions in the world today, our minds are just cluttered with so many things, and it's so easy, it's so easy to be drawn away from the Lord, you know, even as, even as believers, and, and thank God for his word, for the Holy Spirit who convicts us, who mind, sorry, who brings to mind God's word, because in doing so, we can come back to the Lord and renew our minds in the scriptures. All right, so let's get started with the first tip for biblical meditation. So tip number one, emphasize different words in the text. So in this text, you're going to take a verse or a phrase uh, of scripture, and you're going to read, and you're going to uh, add emphasis on each word individually. So uh, in in this guy's book, in, uh, spiritual Dis- for, in Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, Whitney uses John 11:25 is an example which many of you know uh which which is which is one of Jesus's statements I am which is one of Jesus's I am statements which in which he says I am the resurrection and the life okay so the way this tip applies the way this tip would apply to this verse would be that you you're going to emphasize one word in each reading and uh, I'm going to explain so for instance in the first reading you would emphasize the I. So it'll be, I am the way, I'm sorry, I am the resurrection and the life. And then you would reread it again, but this time you emphasize the am, which would would then say, I am the resurrection and the life. Okay, and then you would go on with the next word. So thirdly, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the, the I am the resurrection and the life. And I am the resurrection and the life. And then lastly, I am the resurrection and the life. Okay? So the point here is not to merely repeat the word itself and have emphasis on it. But rather, while you're emphasizing each word, you begin to meditate on each word. And, and you start to, to, to grow in insight as to each word. 
what each word is trying to say in light of the whole scripture. Okay, so that's tip number one. Emphasizing the scripture in for biblical meditation. Tip number two, rewrite the text in your own words. So in other words, you're going to paraphrase the text. Okay, you take a scripture, you write it down, and you write it down in your own words. One uh, and actually in church history, uh, Jonathan Edwards, the the, the the theologian, his his father actually taught him to do thinking with the pen in hand, which is something that he developed throughout his life. So, uh, and according to Whitney, he says that meditating with pen in hand or fingers on the keyboard can help you to focus your attention on the matter at hand while stimulating your flow of thinking. And I would agree with that. On a personal level, I would say that writing would be much better than typing because when you're on a computer, guess what? You get distracted because how many times, especially for if you're a student or you have some type of assignment that you're doing for, for school or, or what have you, whenever you try to do something productive on the computer, you end up going to the internet, you end up checking the news, you put on music and so forth and you, and you fall into the rabbit hole. And as a result, you get distracted and you end up stalling for time on whatever assignment that you're doing, especially when you're writing something. And I say that from personal experience. So that's why for me, I would rather write it down because that way I don't have to worry about distractions. It's just me, the pen and paper in hand and the word of God. And being able to rewrite the text in your own words allows you to let that the text be more not to say that the text itself isn't good but i mean like the, it allows the text to sink deeply into your heart because now you're you're rewriting it and you're rewriting it in your words however at the same time you want to make sure that whatever you rewrite it in is in conjunction with the text you want you don't want to rewrite it in a way that that distorts the meaning altogether because then that defeats the purpose of biblical meditation because you're when you're meditating on the word you better make sure you're meditating on exactly what the word says so that's tip number two tip number three formulate a principle from the text what does it teach so in this tip you're basically going to take whatever text you have read and summarize it kind of like a thesis statement okay for instance the lord's prayer which is found in matthew 6 verses 9 through 13 one summary statement that you can make as an example is Jesus teaches his followers how to pray. And that is very true, for especially for I know, especially that I know that a lot of Christians struggle with prayer. They don't know how to pray or where to start with prayer. Lord's Prayer is a perfect example. I mean, it is a model prayer, right? But yet it is so, it is so rich. It is so powerful. And I would encourage you to read it for yourself and come up with a thesis statement on your own. You could you could use that. You could use that as a as a thesis statement. You know, Jesus gives us his model prayer. This is one way how to pray in the Egyptian to the Lord's Prayer. Or the Lord's Prayer is a model prayer for every Christian. Okay? That could be a, a thesis statement. Another example that Whitney uses creating a thesis statement is taken from Luke chapter 8 verses 19 through 56 so that's pretty pretty long chapter and what, and what, what, what is covered in that uh, in that passage 
Well, we have Jesus calming a storm. We have Jesus healing a man with a demon. We have Jesus healing a woman and Jairus' daughter. Okay, so uh, a lot a lot happening there. So the best and, and, and to sum up and to sum up those passages, he it could go like this. Jesus has authority over creation, over demons, over illness, and over death. And by stating the principle, you're able to you're able to think of the text a lot better in the future. You could recall it back and you're able to meditate on it. So I think that's pretty cool. It's almost like the paraphrasing principle, except you're not re you're not rewriting the text itself. You're just summarizing it. So that's tip number three. Tip number four: think of an illustration of the text. What picture explains it? So in this tip, you're using illustrations to connect whatever to connect yourself to whatever text you are you are reading, and Jesus used illustrations all the time uh, they are known as parables right for instance in luke chapter 13 verses 18 through 21 he said therefore what is the kingdom of god like to what shall i compare it it is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sold in his garden and it grew and, be and it became a tree and the birds of the air made nests in its branches and again he said to what sh shall i compare the kingdom of god it is like heaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. Right? So here he used comparisons to the kingdom of God using different illustrations. And you can basically do that for any text. Whatever your text you're meditating on, think of an illustration that comes to mind that will help you connect with the text. Tip number five, look for applications of the text. Like I had said at the beginning of the episode and in the last episode, the goal of biblical meditation is obedience to the word of God. Okay? It is not simply just reading. It is not just simply memorizing it, but ultimately obeying it. Okay? So whatever, so certain questions that you can ask yourself as you, you, you try to apply God's word in your life is, how do I respond to this text? What would God have me to do as a result of my encounter with this part of the Bible, as we know in the, in the Bible, it causes us to be hearers of the word and not doers of the word. So we are to determine, you know, there, so whenever you read a text, ask yourself, what should, I do, what should I do with what I read? Is there something that I need to, 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 to start doing or to stop doing? Is there anything I need to confess to the Lord about, to pray about, to believe, or to say someone? Okay. And I like what Winnie says here. He says, if you say to yourself, I will, no, I will not close my Bible until I know at least one thing the Lord wants me to do with this verse, you'll meditate. And that's very true because you're actually putting the work in. You're not just simply just reading it and then not doing anything about it later on. But you're making sure that whatever you choose to meditate on, you're going to find some way to apply it in your life. Tip number six, ask how the text points to the law or the gospel. As we know, the Bible gives us the law and the gospel. The law, which is basically the Old Testament, it shows what a holy and just God requires his people. And according to Whitney, this is what he says, and I quote, the law, basically the Old Testament consists of what our holy and just God requires of people for them to have this righteousness necessary to live with him in heaven. 
The gospel, basically the New Testament, is the good news of how our loving and merciful God has provided through Jesus the righteousness he requires in his law. With this meditation method, you will look for how the text you are considering points to some aspect of the law or the gospel or both. And one example here he uses is Psalm 23, verse 1, which reads, The Lord is my shepherd. And you can look at this in both ways. So when it points to the gospel, think of you think of Jesus in John 10, chapter 11, where he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Hence, the Lord is my shepherd. We recognize that that shepherd represents the Lord Jesus Christ. And that that same shepherd laid down his life for us. Henceforth, that's the good news. That's the gospel. Christ dying for our sins and redeeming us. Or, when it comes to the law, it can, uh, Psalm 23, verse 1 can also point that out. For instance, since we're sheep, right, as part of the flock of, of God, think about the te- you can think of the text in Isaiah 53, verse 6, where it says, All sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of a saw. So, in both instances, you can see the gospel and the law in that one Bible verse. And and, and based on what I just read, you could also connect other Bible verses that connect to that, to, to, to stress that point even further. So that's a good way to, to meditate uh, on the word. Uh, all right, so tip number seven. Hack, tip number seven, ask how the text points to something about Jesus. Okay, so very similar to the previous one, where I just said how the text can point to the law, the gospel, or both. And this one, you can ask how the text or passage you're reading points to Christ, whether it's on his person or on his work. Okay, and on the role, of, and we see here in the scripture uh, at the end of Luke where Jesus is on the road to Emmaus with two of his disciples. And according to the text, he goes along with them and explains the scriptures to them beginning with Moses and all the prophets he interpreted them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself which you can find in Luke 24 verse 27 so even Jesus himself did it he pointed the text to himself because by doing so believers would recognize that the text is ultimately about God it's about Jesus Christ and how that text points to him and in going back to Psalm 23, verse 1, Jesus is basically, since he is the shepherd, he basically epitomizes his text or fulfills the text because he is our shepherd and he laid down his life for us and he guides us and he protects us. Or you could also look at him and you could also think of him as, as the lamb, the lamb who was slain, the, the one who is spotless and pure. Overall, when it comes to this tip, it really helps you build a more Christ-centric view of the word, which is good because I, especially that, it's given that nowadays our preaching and much of the teaching in the church today is humanistic. It is self-centered. It is narcissistic. It is meant to make you feel good because it is all about you. But at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Christ. And we should get back to reading the word in light of who Christ is and what he has done. So tip number seven very good. It's a very. I, I would. I would encourage this tip as you continue to grow in biblical meditation. Okay. So number eight, tip number eight, 
Ask what question is answered or what problem is solved by the text. So in this text, you're going to ask, I don't know, what is the question or what is the problem? So, for instance, in John 11.35, Jesus swept the shortest verse of the Bible. You could ask the question, well, was Jesus fully human? And the answer is yes, because based on this text, it says that Jesus wept. And why was he weeping? Because Lazarus had died. Even though he was going to re resurrect Lazarus shortly right after. But it goes to show that even Jesus felt that, that, that sting of death in that moment. That death is, is tragic. Just like when you lose a loved one, a friend, a family member. It hurts. It hurts. Even though we know that they, for, for those who believe in Christ, they are in heaven. We will see them again, but it still hurts to say goodbye, right? It hurts to say goodbye and, and just, that, just that feeling of loss. It, it's never easy. And even for Jesus himself, and that's why he wept, which goes to show that Yes, even though he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man, and he had emotions. Another uh, So tip number nine, pray through the text. And this tip is also very good because not only do you meditate biblically, but you also learn to cultivate the discipline of prayer as well. All right? So it's good stuff here. And, and, and in Whitney's book, he talks about how he meditated on Psalm 119, verse 50, which reads, This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. And in reading that text, this is what, this is the prayer. So in reading this text, this is the prayer that he, he had made right after. And a quote, Lord, you know the affliction I am going through right now. Your word promises to comfort me in my affliction. Your word can revive me in my affliction. I really believe that is true. Your word has revived me in affliction during the past. I confess my faith to you that it would revive me. It will revive me in this experience. I pray that you will revive me now through the comfort of your word. All right? And that's a good way to, to pray through the text. Whatever you read, pray right after and pray the word out loud. I mean, that's the best kind of prayers when you pray in the words back. And you're praying God's word back to God because you're you're utilizing what he has given to, to you. Tip number 10, memorize the text. Okay, so in order to meditate on the word, you first have to memorize the word. Otherwise, how can you meditate on the word if you can't remember what you've read? So meditating on the word is very important. Make sure that after you memorize it the first time, make sure to review it daily. And as you review it, write down any insights that you need that come to mind and ultimately apply it. Tip number 11, create an artistic expression of the text. And this tip <laughs> uh, this tip wouldn't work for me because I'm no artist. I am not a creative person in that sense. But for those of you who have an artistic side, whether you like painting, whether it's music, dance, whatever, try to find one artistic way on on whatever text you're reading. Maybe maybe it's a song or maybe it's a poem. Maybe it's a spoken word. Find a way to create an artistic representation of the text. Or even you could do like a little stick figure or some type of drawing. Where you don't have to go all crazy, especially if you're not really an art an artist. If you don't have that type of background, it's okay. Or if not, don't don't bother using it at all. Cause like I said, I have so many other tips here. But this this is a nice 
way to get more creative with the, the biblical text. So tip number 12, ask the Philippians for eight questions of the text. This is what Philippians 4, 8 says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So these are the type of questions that you can ask yourself. For instance, what is true about this or what is true? I'm sorry. What is true about this or what truth does it exemplify? What is honorable about this? What is just or right about this? What is pure about this? Or how does it exemplify purity? What is lovely about this? What is commendable about this? What is excellent about this? That is, excels the fathers of this kind. What is praiseworthy about this? So when you when you use this method, you're not simply asking the questions regarding Philippians 4, 8 itself, but you can also use that for other verses of scripture that you are meditating on. So it's pretty it's pretty cool. I like that. Tip number 13, ask the Joseph Hall questions of the text. Now, who did, who is Joseph Hall? Well, he was a devoted Anglican bishop in Norwich, England. He was born in 1574 and died on 1656. And he was well known for his uh, devotional, The Art of Divine Meditation. And he used and he offers 10 questions on meditating on the scripture and this is what the 10 questions are and i quote what is it defined and or describe what it is you are meditating on question number two what are its divisions or parts question number three what causes it question number four what does it cause that is what are its fruits and effect question number five what is its place location or use Question number six, what are its qualities and attachments? Question number seven, what is contrary, contradictory, or different to it? Question number eight, what compares to it? Question number nine, what are its titles or names? And question number 10, what are the testimonies or examples of scriptures about it? And like the previous tip, I find that this to be pretty useful as it allows you to ask all these different questions about the biblical text that you're reading and how you can apply it to your life. Tip number 14, set and discover a minimal number of insights from the text. So in this tip, you will take whatever scripture you are reading and you're going to set a number of insights. For instance, you decide to go with 10, meaning that you will take a text, you'll read it, and you're going to come up with 10 insights from that text and you're not going to stop doing so until you have all 10 tips now or maybe or maybe or if you want to start somewhere you could start with five tips or three tips but the point is you're going to devote yourself to doing you're going to make sure that as you read the text you're going to come up with some insight that you're not going to come out empty-handed you're going to come out with something that you'll dwell upon and you'll be able to, to or pray and pray upon and ultimately obey. And when he shares here a story about four friends from a seminary class at Dallas Theological Seminary where they had to create 25 observations on Acts 1 verse 8. Okay, and to refresh your memory on Acts 1 8, this is what Jesus told the apostles. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria as, 
and as far as the remotest part of the earth, which you know is pretty much the book of Acts in a nutshell as to how uh, his disciples would begin to carry out the great commission and preaching the gospel. And and, and, uh, and in this class at Dallas Theological, Theological Seminary, these students were told to write 25 observations or 25 insights just on that one verse, which is which is a lot. I mean, that sounds overwhelming and, and daunting. But that was, that was their assignment. And then in the next class, so after, so like, so when they were, so the next day were, and they were to turn in the 25 observations, they would then give it another assignment where they would have to create another 25 observations on that same verse, Acts 1, verse 8. And then in the next assignment, this time around, the professor told them to create as many observations or insights exceeding the previous 50 because we had 25 in the first one then 25 in the second one, meaning totaling 50 observations. And then in the next assignment, the professor was like, all right, now go beyond 50 and do as many of you can, as, as many as you can. And like I said, it, it sounds daunting, but the fact that these students were able to do it, it just goes to show just the, the immense value of the word of God that you can read the same text over and over again and, and you and you learn something new. I mean, how many times ha, ha, has that happened to you? Whether, I mean, not just simply through biblical meditation, but even just through listening through a, a sermon or preaching and, and, and whatever they're preaching on is from a text that, you, that you've probably heard a hundred times, but they offer something that you you've not you not realized was in the text before, and you're like, wow, like I didn't realize it was there. But again, it just goes to show just the power of God's word at play through the the inspiration of of the Holy Spirit, and that's awesome. So this is a really nice tip. I really like it. Tip number fifteen: find a link or common thread between all the paragraphs or chapters you read. Now, in this tip. Tip number 15, find a link or comment thread between all the paragraphs or chapters you read. It's pretty self-explanatory. Kind of like the the previous text where I talked about how Jesus has authority over illness, over nature, and over, over death. That text was taken from a passage in Luke chapter 8, verses 19 through 56. And that's a lot of paragraphs there. So with this text, you're able to after you finish reading it, you know, ask, your, ask yourself a question, okay, how does this connect to one another? How does it show Christ? How does it point to the gospel? How do, Or how does it speak to whatever you're dealing with in life? So that's pretty, it's, it's a pretty good way to, it's almost like, the, it's like another way of summarizing the text, except that you're find, just trying to find a pattern within what, what, you, what you read. So it's definitely good for, for, for longer passages. Number tip number sixteen: Ask how the text speaks to your current issue or question, and and this and this is uh, this is where you get practical. And this is a text uh, a tip, very practical where you have to ask yourself: All right, so what areas am I struggling with, and w- and how does this Bible speak to my situation? So if you're talking about, let's say you're struggling with anxiety, look for texts, look for b- Bible verses on anxiety, or or. Or in this case, Bible verses about peace, on, on having that peace. Struggling with texts on on lust, you can look, find find verses that address sexual morality, as well as holiness, purity. Or maybe you're looking for uh, uh, Bible verses that talk about getting closer to God. 
developing intimacy with God, look for Bible verses on that. You'll find a ton of them. And what and whatever topic you pick, find 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 those those passages or scriptures and apply them to your life. Lastly, tip number seventeen, use meditation mapping. Okay, so in this one, you're gonna be writing down the text and you're gonna create a diagram on that text using meditation mapping. So according to Whitney, he says, and I quote, essentially a mind map is a diagram that outlines information in a more visually appealing and, mem- and memorable way than words on lines. The idea that you want to explore is placed in the center of a page. That then as ideas come, they are connected by lines to the central image radiating out from it. Subcategories are similarly connected by thinner branches to the main ideas and so forth. The use of simple images, symbols, and colors is highly recommended. That's meditation mapping. So what I mean by that, so for instance, let's say you take a text such as Romans 8.28, which reads, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Okay, so you would put that text in the middle of the page and you would start to draw uh, lines on on other, on some of the words and write down whatever insight you get from that text. So for instance, look at we know and we know at the beginning of the verse and you would do that, you know, you would read it, you would understand what the context is and then you create and then you would draw out like these little branches or lines right from from that big from that from those words alone and you would write down your insight and and you would do that for the for the for the next one that god causes all things right you would write down line you would write down you write down another a line there and you write insight there and so on and so forth so not only will you be able to find insight in each word but you'll be able to to, to understand the text in a much greater way and it will become more personal to you because you're able to sit down with the text and dwell on it deeply so it's a pretty cool method so which method are you going to use there's so many methods that i've shared with you today there's so many and, and i'm sure there's plenty of other methods but i hope that this was a nice place a nice place to start i i hope you enjoyed today's episode and stay tuned for the next one as we continue our series on Bible meditation. Thank you for listening to the Florida Podcast. For more information, you can follow me on social media as well as on my YouTube channel. Where I upload every clip and episode for of the uh, of the Florida Podcast. And if you would like to support the podcast, you could do so at anchor.fm slash for your soul slash support. And be sure to give a five-star review on wherever you get your podcast, such as Spotify or Apple. It really helps out the podcast. And until next time, this is the For Your Soul Podcast, a podcast for your soul.